You're listening to the Firestorm Podcast. Well, we just want to welcome you uh, to our podcast this week. I'm sitting here with Brenda Morrison. I'm Loretta McGowan, and we're just so pleased to have Deborah Gothier with us. We're just blessed. She was one of our speakers at our conference, so those that remember that know how awesome she is. And so, uh, Deborah, while we're uh, here, give me a little bit about your backstory, if you can, just in short terms. You don't have to be real lengthy, but just kind of share a little bit about your backstory. Um, as far as the police department? or Just whatever you feel like sharing yeah you know, you know yeah. i think you know a lot of people our listeners want to hear where you came from okay and how did you get to where you're at right now yeah you know we have a lot of <laughs> things in our path as we move towards god uh, i think yours is an interesting story because you didn't have god in your life at all and then all of a sudden boom so we want to hear that how how do, how does god speak sovereignly to someone who has never really gone to church in their life? You know, that's a great question. Um, you know, and I guess that's what encourages me most about him is he looks for us in dark places. So I was in a really dark place in my life. Um, a little bit of backstory: I am from Las Vegas. My dad was military, and we were stationed out here at Nellis. So military we got, brat, huh? Yeah, <laughs> we got here in 1963, and wow. you know what I remember of my childhood, and I don't have a lot of good memories, so a lot of it I lost um, because of trauma. Um, you know, was we we went to church. We were Catholic. My mom was Roman Catholic, so they come back. My dad was Catholic as well. So we went to church on Christmas and Easter. That's what I remember of church. And I really don't, it, it wasn't a good experience for me because it was in Latin. I didn't understand it. And like I shared at the conference, I just really didn't get the whole religious thing. So, you know, when I went, got old enough, I just went on my own, tried to find my own way, right? Right. And because of a lot of the trauma that I experienced as a child, um, there were a lot of fears and you know a lot of us live in fear fear all kinds of fears and unfortunately we base our actions our attitudes on the past instead of making right decisions because because of what has happened to us that's where we base all our decisions sometimes that's not real good that's right and i you know i'm a product of the school system you know in school we learned evolution Right. So I thought we evolved from an ape. I was totally disconnected from my creator. And that's by design. Right. That is totally by design to get our children separated at an early age. And that's what happened. So I had no connection with my creator. So therefore, I I knew I didn't know who I was. So he's an identity thief, right? The enemy. That's exactly right. So he goes after our identity and our destiny, and he targets us early in in life. Right. And if you don't have Christian parents and you don't have that foundation of truth, which I'm talking about the Bible now, not man's version of truth, but God, what God actually says in his word, then you're going to go off down all different types of rabbit trails. For me, that rabbit trail was a dark path of the lesbian lifestyle, you know, buying into that lie that God created me that way, that, um, you know, that was just who I was. And that was a lie. And when a lie takes root and it bec- and you start to justify the lie, then it becomes a stronghold, as I right. shared. And then look out. You, the only way to come pull down a stronghold, a lie like that, is supernaturally. Right. And you tell yourself so long, it becomes a truth. 
to you. Right. Well, and that's where we were at the conference. Right. There's so many women that buy into the lie. Yes. Because, and it does become their truth. Yes. It becomes what they know. It's all they know. And so that's why we have to get down to what is that root issue and where did it come from? So what you're telling us is... You know, you're be, you were able to identify where the lie came from, and and then a new truth begins. You know, and that's here's what happened because of what happened with my dad, my father. I, fathers are really important. Yes, yes they, they are. And I think at the root of this sin, and it is sin, folks. Whether you want to hear that or not, it's sin. And God's God says it's sexual immorality, and it's a sinful nature of mankind, right? It's brokenness. But, you know, it's like when when my dad abandoned our family and was very abusive to my mom, just he was an alcoholic, very violent alcoholic. And isn't it funny, my mom's dad was a violent alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He was it the is, town drunk. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a family It's, it's a family curse. It's, it's a curse. That's exactly it's generational. Right, yeah. And my mom married the first guy to come along right. because she wanted to get away from the town drunk, from That's her right. father who was abusive. So she married my dad who wasn't a man, he was a boy, and he wanted right. to... He just was on an adventure. He didn't want a family, but he had a family because my mom wanted kids. Right. So he had the kids with my mom, but he never raised us. He abandoned us when I was 10, very violent. And so that opened the door to the fear of man. Right. And the fear of men in authority, like men are not safe, and I didn't have a trust. So, you know, that was the root issue for me. It was a brokenness in the family and then the fear that comes in through all of that and not having that covering because the father is is a protective covering for the family. Well, and we identify our earthly fathers with God Father. Yeah. And that can be so distorted. And that's a lot of times why people don't trust God. That's right. Because of the distortion that's there. And then because my mom was so broken and she comes from that whole brokenness and never really dealt with her issues, she didn't know how to nurture and love. That's right. So we were never held. I never remember my mom holding me and and saying, I love you. She she didn't know how to do that. And she escaped her pain through work. She became a workaholic. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom was a workaholic. So I never had it. I didn't have the protective covering of a father. I didn't have the nurture of a mother. So guess what I did? I went to try to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way because I tried to get that nurture from other women. That's right. Through, you know, sinfulness. And and so God didn't design women to come together in that way. And when I began to come together in that way, I formed an unholy union. And guess what? Who's part of that unholy union? That's Satan. He's a counterfeiter. He create. He can't create anything, so he counterfeits everything right. of God. Always a counterfeiter. Counterfeiter. Right. Mm-hmm. And so once you get bound in that, we know about, uh, and maybe you don't know, but there are um, soul ties. You tie yourself with people. That's right. And so, um, and if it's not God ordained and it's not blessed by him, then guess what? You're under a curse. Right. Yes. So now you're battling all these demons and you don't know why your life is all a wreck or you don't have any internal peace because that's where I was. I'm thinking, well, if I'm born this way, why don't I feel like 
something's not right That's here right. and it's not working out for me. Right. Well, and the word says too about soul ties that if you don't break that and, and release that, that your enemies are their enemies and their friends are your friends. So therefore, whatever little critters they have, you're going to get too, whether you want it or not. Oh boy. That's and that's so true. Broke. Soul ties are such a big subject. And it was one we were going to cover at the conference and the gal, uh, she's phenomenal that was going to teach the class her father died and so she was unable to do that but if you're listening today part of our future plan is to bring her in and we'll have a night where we just discuss soul ties and deal with some of those issues because I feel like that's the underlying in so many women's issues is they don't even recognize that I had an unhealthy relationship whether it be with male female doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it's an unhealthy soul tie and until that is broken the freedom cannot come that's right and it's like a cycle right right it's almost like that law of attraction isn't it funny how everything the enemy tries to pervert is comes from the word and so we do attract things we pick up on things unless we're bound to the word to jesus then we're going to be bound to all kinds of things in this world that are counterfeit so um yeah it's a brokenness and it goes all the way to the family yes and then there's abuse let's talk about trauma and trauma doesn't just have to be physical or sexual uh, abuse. It can also be word curses. That's exactly That's right. I was thinking about word curses yeah. this morning. You know, in, in my time with the Lord, word curses came up. And I thought, you know, here's the message that needs to go out. If you really, we say it. But we don't do it. If you can't say something nice about somebody, you shouldn't say anything anything at all. Because word curses have a way. The enemy takes those. It has a power. It goes through the atmosphere. And they can hit your heart and target you whether you realize it or not. So we have to be in a continual process where we remove... we can learn how to remove these right. word curses from our well, life. Well, the word's real clear on saying that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And more so than even other people speaking word curses on us, we speak word curses on ourselves. So true. You know, and we've got to stop doing that because it goes under the heavens and the enemy picks up those words, you know, and he makes sure that they happen. That's right. You know, I'm no good. No one loves me. I can't do anything right. You know, I'm just, I might as well kill myself. All that is word curses, and the enemy can take those and put them right back on you. Mm -hmm. You've got to be so careful. And I'm going to go a little bit back about your mom marrying someone who was just like her father. And that's, again, why you have to break curses. Because if you don't break those curses, you say, I'll never marry someone like my dad. And guess what? You marry someone just like your dad. Because that curse has not been broken. So that's a whole big subject that we can't cover tonight. So that might be interesting for have another class that we have like in the future also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, uh, when you're, you just reminded me of something, you know, we, we have a similar uh, childhood. You know, I grew up with a real abusive father and a woman in the house did not have any say so whatsoever. And you just reminded me of a thing my mom said that I could have allowed that to really change who I was. But she said, uh, because she didn't have a voice, she said, I wish God had made me a man. I hate being a woman. 
but it had the opposite effect on me. As a child, I remember hearing that, and I thought as a child, I'm so glad you made me a girl, God. That was my first real encounter with the Lord. I'm so glad you made me a girl. That's awesome. (laughs) So those things, we don't even realize how impactful what we say and what we do. Oh, so important. And especially if we have children. Oh, you know, our children, we, we don't think they're listening all they the time. They hear everything. <laughs> but yeah. they're listening. You know, and one of the things that my mom spoke over us that I'm, wor- I'm dealing with as an adult woman, and we're still, I'm still working through this curse, was she used to say, after my dad abandoned us, and I mean, the woman was under tremendous amount of pressure with sure. raising four children on her oh, own. My yes. dad never paid a cent of child support. So... Um, so for all you fathers out there, I just want to tell you that, man, we need you. That's right. And, you know, at least do your responsibility. If you're not going to father the child, at least uh, support the child's fathering, you know, the, right. the parenting um, financially. Because that was a real burden on my mom. She worked two jobs. Um, she was gone all the time. But she used to say in her frustration, and I realize in her pain, she would say, I wish I never had you kids. Mm, I wow. wish I never rejection, had you rejection, kids. Rejection. Yeah, and you know what? That stung, and that has actually, our all my siblings are we're not together as a family. We've never come together as a family, so there's still some things that God has to work out. And here's what I want to say about that: until we fully surrender to Him and we're broken, then we're walking around wounded. But we're walking around trying to protect ourselves with that's this right. false armor on, and that's we're flowing right. out of something that's called witchcraft because it's that's rebellion. Right. Mm-hmm. It's birthed out of rebellion. Because nobody wants to go through the process of brokenness. But once you go through the process of brokenness, then God gets a hold of your life, and he starts to redeem right. everything you lost. Right. Yeah, I call it like God has to pull the Band-Aid off. Because yeah. most churches, they just put a Band-Aid on, on all that pain, and it doesn't... You're not getting rid of it, right. but God wants to pull the, and then there's pain and it's hard. But after the bandit gets pulled off and he takes the scab, it's great. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. And, and you know what? Until we go through that, and I see so many women, you know, it's almost like the enemy loves that, that he binds us in our brokenness. That's exactly right. And so... My mom, to compensate for her brokenness, she became very dominating and controlling and manipulative and very intimidating. My mom was nobody to mess around with. Um, She just, her anger was her power. Yeah. And guess what? That got passed on to me. Yeah. And so when I went into the police department in 1980, I was carrying all this baggage that I didn't Mm -hmm. even know I was carrying. But I had not only the fear of men, but that fear for me, the way I masked fear was through anger. So I began to like hate men. Mm-hmm. I competed with them. I worked with them on the police department, but I did not like them. Right. You just had to show them that you were uh, equal to them. Come on. And I was better. on that mission. <laughs> yeah. And so I made a lot of enemies. Yeah. And, of course, the women, as they started coming on, we just formed our own little group. Our, you know, we had our own 
it was called the big girls club, you know, because we had the boys club. So we decided we'd be the girls club. <laughs> and you were the number one woman on the force, right? I was the first one Metro hired under the same standards of men. So I was a gal that went through the same testing process, the same academy, and then went out on patrol. So there was no specialized unit for me, you know, as a woman. Like a lot of the women prior, there were not a lot. There were a few women before me. They were either dispatchers or they put them in detective bureau, in juvenile court, in juvenile crimes, sexual assault. So they had these little places that they needed they fit, women. Yeah. So they'll put them in there, right? Right. So that wasn't with me. I went right out on the street. In fact, I probably did about 75% of my uh, career out on patrol in wow. the 21 years I served. I liked the front line. I liked the tactical. I just liked that warrior. You know, that was the warrior well, you in us. Well, like being boss, right? too, because it gave you control and power. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, even though as a cop, you know, I was in control. I had authority. Right. In the natural, my life was totally out of control. Right. I couldn't find the right woman, so my relationships were very volatile. I was even going to counseling at one time, and I thought, well, why am I all this tension? There's something not right. I couldn't, I didn't know what it was. And I went to a gay counselor, my partner and I went, and she said, well, Deborah, you just need to embrace your identity as a lesbian. And so the more I tried to embrace this identity as a lesbian, the darker it got. Mm-hmm. I got bound into uh, pornography. Um, I married a woman, so I went through the whole thing that we've, we are now as a culture right, saying right. is a good thing, right? It's a right, a special right, and everybody should have that chance to be married. Well, let me just tell you about that because I, I speak from experience. It's a dark place because I didn't realize that when you start forming covenants, that's a sacred vow yeah. before a holy God. That's and right. It's God's design between a man and woman. And you know what? It's not my idea. Because if Deborah had her way, Deborah would have just stayed in her dysfunctional mess and tried to work it out and say, you know what? I'm just going to be a gay Christian. Okay. We heard that right. thing. I'm going to be a gay Christian and I'm going to get married. And, you know, well, it's all counterfeit. And God calls it. It's not a right. It's rebellion. And so... When I made that covenant with a woman, it was unholy. It was dark. I started battling demons. I started having like nightmares and horrors in the night. I mean, it was dark. And it, and it was funny because <laughs> I was big into the new age. Mm-hmm. That was my spiritual, because we create right. spiritual, we we're do. spirit beings, That's hello. Right. God created us that way. We are, we're triune, we're, you know, we're mind, body, soul, spirit, That's we've right. got a body, we're, so we're a triune being, so I was craving the supernatural, the spiritual, because you'll hear people say, well, I'm spiritual. Right. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, that means you're trying to seek spirituality without God, without right. being reborn That's in the spirit, exactly and guess right. what? That's a counterfeit. That's right. So I was in the new age, and I'm thinking, um, you know, this is, this is pretty cool, and what happened was, I started getting really into all these shamans and these, you know, these uh, different crystals and yeah, oh big okay. time and and uh, moving objects and and astral traveling and meditation deep meditation where you're transported all this really deep spiritual stuff i was tapped into the darkness but i was actually operating in a gift right yep yep it's the counterfeit again there's it is. always a counterfeit you know, and it's really strange because from what i find out when i because i used to study a little bit about religions uh because i dealt with so many being a pastor's wife different 
things, and I wanted to know how to be able to approach them. And everybody, the enemy takes, like all these cults, takes a little bit of the truth and makes it an untruth, but they can't see it. They see right. that little bit of truth, so they think it's truth. Yeah. So, and, and you, you'll find every religion has a little bit of God, of yeah. what God is and what God does, but they've distorted it and made it a complete untruth. Yeah, so here's an interesting thing. You know how the God of this world blinds us right. so we can't see the glory? Right. We're blinded by right. darkness, by sure. Satan. Um, and so, the, and here, it's funny because we don't find God. We're lost. He finds, finds us. us. You know, so we have this whole thing skewed. But anyway, what, what God used to get me out of homosexuality, you want to hear it? It's wild. Yes. Tell us. I yeah. got activated in a prophetic gift called discerning of spirits when I was in the dark side in the new age. Because I was practicing my gift, mm-hmm. but I was plugged into the wrong source. Right, right. But guess what? You can be plugged into the wrong source and you can have power. Because if you, mm-hmm. if the Absolutely. psychics, they flow in that dark power, okay? Yes. There's, there's no such thing as psychics. And that's how Christians are fooled. Thank those. you. Because we're supposed to be prophetic and we flow with Holy Spirit. And he gives us truth, leads us into that. So what happened was... I got activated in this spiritual gift called discerning of spirits, which is, means you can discern between demons, angels, flesh, God. You have discernment, and your eyes get open because I was a seer in the in the in the spirit. So I started seeing the demons on the women that I was, you know, involved with. And the last gal that I was in relationship with was a witch. Mm. She was a white witch, right? A good witch. A good witch, yes. yeah. <laughs> so she saw all these demons, and she says, I see this spirit over here on your shoulder. I'm like, really? So, But God opened my eyes, and I started to see the demon in her. Mm-hmm. And one night, it just it freaked me out. I just said, whoa. I saw these dark, cold, black eyes. Her features got like really angular and distorted, and she was looking at me and then started to smirk. Mm. And I thought, what am I doing? I fled. And that was, it was about a year later, Holy Spirit used that discernment to start to lead me out of that dark place that I was in. Here's one thing I think is really cool though. You know, when you have the Holy Spirit moving in your life, the counterfeit cannot work. That's right. I mean, I have had several occasions where I have been around people that have had that gift like you're talking about, the counterfeit, right. used with uh, not the source of the Holy Spirit, and they ask you to leave their right. presence. Right. They can't. They cannot operate right. under any type of their own counterfeit power if they're in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You know, and, you know, I've noticed that happen too because we've gone into places before and like a crowded restaurant and all of a sudden nobody will wait on us. And then everybody's leaving it, and, and nobody We've waits on it. Happen. But it's the spirit of the Lord yes. that penetrates from us, and it makes people that aren't that spirit back off. It's, Which you know, then makes true. us become more aware yeah, yeah. of, okay, God, what are you doing? Here's what I feel like we need to do right now at this moment, because I, I want to get to a couple of other things. But I feel like if you're a listener out there, you've been listening to this podcast today, and you have been dealing with some unhealthy spirits, then I really would like for you to pray, Deborah, um, that the women will begin to recognize the difference between what is 
truly God and what is the counterfeit. That their eyes will be open. Their eyes will be open. Absolutely. First of all, to renounce a soul tie, that's how you break a soul tie. And by the way, you can do that in your in your room, right. I mean, in your house, by yourself. You don't need anyone around you because God is God. And you renounce the soul tie with the person, and then you ask Jesus to break its power over you. That's how you do soul tie breaking. Um, the way this all starts for all of you, for all of us folks, is we have to surrender our life to Jesus. I mean, we're all in a fallen world. We come into this fallen world with a fallen nature. We're separated from a holy God because we sinned in the garden, right? Right. We're under a sin, a curse. And so, you know, none of us get in with our good works. I'm sorry to say it, but, you know, there's a lot of Christians by name that think they're going to heaven because they're doing the works. Well, guess what? God, you'll stand before him one day and he'll say, hey, depart from me. I didn't know you. Who are you? Right. I mean, it's all about relationship. And so relationship is a scary thing when you've been traumatized, especially by men or mankind, whatever your trauma is. It's all about trusting him. He's God. And the way it started with me, gals, is I just said, God, if you're real, I need you. Right. Yeah. I just cried out to him at the, most, mm-hmm. at the worst time of my life because here's what I want to encourage you today. Holy Spirit hovers over darkness and chaos. So if that's you and that's where you're at, and if you're deceived and you think you're okay, then you're there too. Mm-hmm. Because deception is another thing that is so, uh, you don't know when you're deceived. Right. But you're locked down in darkness. So do you want me to pray for the Absolutely. listeners? Absolutely. Okay, well, I don't know who you are and what you're doing right now, but you're listening. And so that's by design because God is just really cool that way. He connects us to the right things, the right places, the right time. And he's speaking to you right now. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in people's lives right now. God, we thank you, Father, for even drawing. You said you'll draw all men to yourself as, you, as we lift you up, Jesus. And so, Lord, I don't know if my sisters and my brothers that are listening have have met you yet, but Lord, I'm asking that you reveal yourself to them, that you send your ministering spirit, your angels to minister to them, that they encounter you in a dream and a vision that they, they go, Oh my gosh, that their eyes are open from the darkness right now. Satan, I bind you and I command you to loose these people, let them go in Jesus name. And so Lord, we just thank you for the harvest of souls coming into your kingdom. I pray that every a woman and man, anyone listening today that's been wounded, that you'll turn their brokenness, God, <clears throat> into battle gear, God, that you'll that you'll mm-hmm. take their wounds and right. make them warriors, God, that you'll use their message, God, to touch other people's lives and you'll raise them up to be your end time army, God, because you're looking for the whosoevers, that's not right. the people with the titles that think they've got right. it all together. Amen. No, you're looking for the wounded. You're looking for the people that are crying out for you right now. So cry out to him and ask him to reveal himself. And let me just tell you, he loves that prayer. Yes, he does. Holy Spirit will do the rest. Holy Spirit is with us. And when you invite Jesus into your heart, when you believe in him and you trust him and make him Lord, then Holy Spirit comes in and he reveals who he is. He starts to help you build relationship. Because listen, we can't have relationship outside of God without Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is amazing and he only comes when we surrender our spirit, right? Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. In Jesus' name. There's a couple of more things that we didn't get to because we're running out of time and 
and your story is powerful, but I know you wrote a book, and I want you to talk a little bit about your book and how they can get the book. And that will be the rest of the story. (laughs) (laughs) It is. The book is called Bright Lights, Dark Places. You can go to my website, debragothier.com. D-E-B-R-A-G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R.com. It's on there. You can get it on Amazon. It's on Kindle. Um, so the book is, is amazing because it was a 10-year process to write that book. Yeah. I wrote it first out of my pain, and then God did a whole healing through forgiveness, right. and I rewrote it out of my passion. So Bright Lights, Dark Places, available anywhere books are sold. Right. You can get it online on Amazon. and. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I'm on Facebook. You guys can connect with me. And I, I've been hearing from women from the conference that have already read my book. Yeah, excellent book. I read it. It's excellent. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I read it, too, and yeah, it is excellent. We yes, agree. Yes. You know, I'd like to get, uh, because there were so many other things we wanted to ask Deborah because she's got a wealth of information and stuff that we can learn from. So we'd like to maybe sometime later on set up another podcast with her and ask her some of these questions that we haven't had time for. But uh, Deborah, we just thank you so much for being a part of us. We appreciate you. We love you. And we just pray that God will just continue to bless your life and bring abundance in every area in Jesus name. So we'll see you next week. We thank you for joining us. And I have one more thing okay. that I want to add because, uh, you know, I think today was really big on soul ties. Right. And so if you're interested in attending a class taught by the gal that was going to teach at our workshop, send us an email to glvwministry at gmail.com. We'll get you on a list. Make sure you're invited. We don't know yet when that will happen. But God has many things in store, and we look forward, like Loretta said, to sitting down with you again and getting a little bit deeper in what God has done in your life. Have an awesome week. Thank you for joining us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast. Our email is firestormpodcast at gmail.com. Please contact us if you have any questions or comments or just want to be a part of the conversation. We will see you next time. The show you've just heard is part of the Streams of Many Waters podcast network. 